Instagram is not going to break if you take some time away from it. Are you a mom with a story to tell but not sure where to start? Publishing a book is kind of overwhelming. Now throw kids and babies into the mix and you got a lot going on, but that doesn't mean you can't build yourself a thriving author life. My name is Jackie and I'm a mom and an indie author and I'm here to show you how, step by step, to get your books written, published, and sold, even if the only time you actually have to write is during your toddler's afternoon nap. It's time to write like a mother with these moms right. Hey moms, it's Jackie. I am going to be totally honest here. I had my birthday last month and ever since then I have been feeling some major birthday blues and I am embarrassed to admit I have not posted on Instagram very much and it's making me feel very guilty. Well, if you are like me and for some reason are struggling to find the energy to post on social media right now, today's episode is just what you need to hear. Jen Kolbeck is a social media coach and consultant who has been supporting brands for over a decade. She is also a mom and the host of the Get Outside with Kids podcast. Her specialty is working with small businesses like authors and in today's episode she shares how to build your social media strategy in a way that doesn't burn you out. Please welcome Jen Kolbeck. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me Jackie. I'm excited to be here. It was uh, always fun to connect with another podcaster. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you most excited about right now? Oh, what am I most excited about right now? Well, I've um, got a couple of things on the go as we kind of connected because I've got a new podcast that uh, just has been launched um, and it's called Get Outside with Kids. Uh, me and the co-host Kate Lasweff, uh, we're both moms here in Port Moody. We both have two children, almost identically aged, uh, aged five and about uh, two and a half. Um, and we started this podcast because you know, we really love getting outside with our kids. And it's one of the ways that we, you know, cope with the, the ups and downs of motherhood and parenthood and all of that. Uh, but we know that a lot of people face different kinds of barriers or challenges or just fears around getting outside with their kids because they haven't uh, been exposed to that as much. And so it really kind of started as a fun way for me and Kate to kind of just hang out and, and, you know, remix some of our best ideas. And now we've kind of made it a more formalized podcast where, you know, we're kind of sharing the, those tips with other parents, uh, parents and, and child caregivers and things like that. Uh, it's a bit of a departure from what I do for my day job uh, or my, my, my own job, because what I do is actually social media consulting. So it's kind of something fun and different as well. I feel like I spend so much of my time doing social media consulting that this podcast project has been kind of like a, a breath of some fresh creativity. And that is such a great creative project. You know, you're putting yourself out there and you're supporting other moms. Like, is your goal to encourage other moms to take their kids outside? Yes, that is exactly the goal of the podcast. Uh, I think when I became a mom, I luckily had a friend group who spent a lot of time outside with their kids. And so doing things like going camping with a baby was, you know, I'm using air quotes here, normal uh, for our friend group. Uh, but then when I got to chatting to other friend groups, and I'm originally from Ontario, so I got chatting to my mom friends back in Ontario. And when I told them we were taking our six-month-old baby camping, you know, people were like appalled. I'm <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You can't take a baby camping or a toddler camping. You know, again, they just weren't exposed to those ideas. And so it seemed really, really far out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. um, and so I realized I've had this luxury of having this really great group of mom friends 
whom camping for is normal, going outside, hiking with your baby is normal, but not everybody has that experience. Mm. Um, on the podcast, me and Kate are really mindful of, you know, the goal isn't to get you to go out and hike Mount Everest with your baby. That's not what we're going for here. Uh, the goal is really about what could you spend 20 more minutes outside a day? Uh, could you do mm. something really small a day? Could you identify a new local park? Um, we've even got a podcast coming up. It's going to be called about day camping. Uh, so if you're not ready to do an overnight trip away camping with your kids, maybe you start by doing something called day camping and just going for a bigger day trip outside. Um, and so really our goal is to try and make getting outside more accessible, more fun. And we share a lot of, we call them our messy, muddy mistakes. Uh, so we're very honest on the <laughs> podcast. Like it is not all Instagram photos. Like, let's be honest. It's not always that perfect. We've had all the things that could go wrong have gone wrong, but we still <laughs> live to tell the tale. And so that's kind of the idea too, is that, you know, we're definitely not experts. Um, and hopefully people can kind of laugh along with us and go, okay, well, if they've been through that or that's kind of normal to happen, then maybe I'll try to. So you got to tell us now, can you tell us one of your messy stories with oh, babies gosh. in the outdoors? So many, so many messy stories. Um, Kate had a great one where she was at Rocky Point Park, which is a, a local park here, you know, very, you know, I would call it like an urban park. Um, and she nearly walked into a bear with her two kids. Like the black bear was right in the park, middle of the morning. Uh, you know, she's just walking along. Somebody, you know, had some headphones oh, and not really paying attention. And luckily somebody waved her down to be like, she kind of was coming around a bit of a blind corner uh, on the trail. And there was a bear like literally ended up being about a meter away from her, you know, um, very, very scary. Uh, now, luckily, Kate is someone who has grown up with a lot of Kate has worked, worked in kind of outdoor experience. So, you know, as much mm. as she tried not to panic and remained calm, backed away slowly, used some words to say, hey, bear, I'm here, I'm backing away slowly, and then turned around the other way. Um, certainly wildlife experiences like that are certainly top of mind if you live out here in BC, and that can happen. The truth is, it doesn't happen all that often. And you certainly don't expect it to happen in a place like Rocky Point Park down the street from from your mm -hmm. house, but it can, yeah. it can happen anywhere. Um, another time we're with a friend on a trail and second kid, you know, sometimes on the second kid, you pack a little too light, like the first kid you overpack on, right? Like you bring everything to go hiking <laughs> outside. Second kid, you're like, I got this. I don't need to bring so much. So I think she went a little too lenient on the, she didn't bring anything for her newborn baby, got to like the lookout on the trail and baby had had a total blowout. Like, you know, those oh, newborn God. total yeah, blowouts. Yes. Now, luckily, I had some supplies, although picture it's a newborn. I had like yeah. a size like four diaper in my pack and some wipes and like a size two T-shirt. And so we literally just swaddled the baby up in this giant diaper and <laughs> kind of combination. But it worked. Like, again, it's yeah. an hour back to the car. The bloat's already happened. Hopefully there's not too much more in the pipeline. We just swaddled yeah. the kid up as best we could, made do with the minimal wipes we had. And then you get back to the car and then you do, you know, kind of a deeper clean out then. Yeah. Um, so it's happened. It's happened. All those kinds of things. And, and so many more stories I could go on have happened on the trails. Oh, I love it. And it's so interesting because you mentioned at the beginning that your um, your day job, your full-time job is running a you know, social media agency. So what has it been like for you now becoming the content creator as the podcasting? Like what have you learned along the way and how has that changed you? Yeah. I mean, having a 
I guess I kind of like creating content for something new. When you're doing it for your own business all the time, there's often a lot more pressure around the content, you know, what I want to call being perfect or to perform. But when you kind of have this side project like the podcast, it becomes more fun again because it's new, it's refreshed branding, um, it's something lighter, and it's something that's more natural to speak out in that way because we're not really selling anything, right? I mean, I do hope people sign up and subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, yeah. We're not, you know, we're not really selling any services or products at this point. It really is just meant to be an inspirational podcast uh, towards mothers and parents to get outside uh, versus my social media you know, consulting job. I don't do a lot of content creation for that other than my own content creation, but I am all day kind of on social media, on Instagram, consulting and doing strategy and analysis for clients. Um, and so you kind of see the other side of things here. So our podcast is almost like the opposite, like what you see on Instagram isn't often real. As a parent, you see those highlight moments but then on the other side, also still having to create that kind of glossy content for clients as well, because that is what you mm-hmm. want to show on Instagram. Right. So you're feeling like um, it's an opportunity for you to just create for the sake of creating. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all kind of need that outlet for creativity, especially if you work in a creative space where you can kind of have fun again a little bit. And whether that's mm-hmm. social media or knitting or crocheting or you know pottery, whatever that creation looks like for you, there's so many different ways for it. And podcasting, again, I look at it also, it's a way to learn a new medium. While I'm not podcasting mm-hmm. for my business, at least at this point, I've done some business podcasts. It is fun to dive into a new way to communicate with people and mm-hmm. just kind of get your story and message out there. Um, and I certainly think podcasting is almost like an undertapped market in many ways that a lot of businesses aren't really taking advantage of. And what about creativity? Because I I know speaking to moms, you know, I speak to mom writers and some of them are also, they have a creative day jobs. They've said before that having to create as your day job actually is pretty exhausting. And so it's hard for them to then write, right? And I feel like similarly with, with podcasting, like there's creativity that goes into it as well. Like do you, How do you stay creatively fueled? I mean, honestly, sometimes it starts with taking breaks. Like I think one thing we need to talk about more is it's also okay to take time off social media or off writing or whatever your creative outlet is. Um, I definitely get burned out with creating content for sure because I do so much of it. Um, And luckily, my podcast host, uh, Kate, does a great job of kind of picking up some of that content. So I think having having a person to bounce ideas off of was really helpful. So I'm not just in my head all the time with ideas. So even if you're writing, you know, alone, could you have like a writing buddy maybe where one day a week you have like an hour where you do some brainstorming or things like that together? Uh, Because it is hard when it's just you alone with your thoughts all the time as it often is is. Um, So I find that really helpful. Um, And then setting boundaries around it, I think as well, like as a creative person, sometimes it feels like it's hard to turn it off. And so sometimes I think creating that space to be like, okay, for an hour today, I'm going to work on this. And then that's it. Like then I'm going to put it away. I'm going to close my laptop. I'm going to go outside with my kids um, and try and find inspiration from the things I do in daily life. And remember like the reason I do this, you know, my, my day job, my, my, my job is so I should be able to spend more time with my kids. And if I'm not doing that, then I kind of need to have a rethink on things. Uh, certainly, there's times in your business where things are going to be busier than other times. Uh, but at the end of the day, trying to make sure you really have that time away to actually disconnect so that you're refueled when you come back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's telling as someone who I consider a social media expert that you're you're giving permission to to take a break from social media and all of that that goes along with it because i think especially for independent authors it is such a overwhelming area of 
of writing, you know, when many of them come to it, because they just want to write. And then they have, oh, there's this, oh, I got to do this thing. (laughs) There's so much that goes into it. I have a really good post that I don't post on social media on the weekends. Um, Typically, unless there's an event or something, you know, live happening, I don't post on social media on the weekends because that's my time off to spend with my family. And I don't want to be available 24 seven. I want to be available Monday to Friday, nine to five. And I mean, sure, am I checking social media outside of those hours? Yes. But I am trying to set some limits about that. And it's almost like you just said, people need to know they have permission to not be on social media 24 seven. Like we're supposed to have a life offline and social media is great for so many things and building a community. And I feel so grateful to have so many amazing people I've connected with on social media. But I also know for me, my target audience is typically moms, busy solopreneurs as well. And so we're allowed that downtime. You know, the last thing I want is for my kids to see me on my phone all the time. You know, like, let's be honest, they see enough of that as it is. And so I really want to limit their impact of when I'm with them, I'm really with them. And when they're at daycare, when they're at school, that's the time for me to be doing that. So absolutely. It's all about finding that balance and uh, yeah, giving yourself permission to be offline. I always say to my clients, Instagram is not going to break if you take some time away from it. I promise (laughs) your account will still be there when you get back. If you take a day, a two, if you take a whole week off social media, it's not going to break anything. Everyone's entitled (laughs) to some vacation time and some downtime. Yeah. It's funny how much guilt that we have. Maybe we're just hardwired into guilt because even I feel guilty if I'm like, oh, I didn't post today. feel bad. But what, aside from that feeling of that we always need to be putting out, as you mentioned, you know, you've, you've built this community and it's the same that I need that I see in, in writers and um, building up their community and their, their brand. Do you see other common challenges that like, are specifically relevant to, to moms? Yeah. I mean, time for sure. Right. I mean, no matter what stage of your business owner you're in, you're busy, but certainly if you're a a newer parent, um, you're just extra busy. Right. I mean, I used to laugh as someone who I I thought I was busy before I had kids. And now I laugh and I look back at that person and I'm like, what did you know? You You weren't busy. You were not busy at all. I mean, you were busy in your own way. And certainly you are before you have kids, but having kids just takes busy to a whole other level of things. So the challenge certainly is time and blocking things out. Um, What I really try and help my clients with is finding systems and things we can batch. Like it's got to come down to uh, what can we simplify? Like I really work a lot with my clients on how do we simplify content? How do we streamline content? And I think for a lot of them, it's that perfectionism. I think when you have a mom, there's all this mom guilt about being the perfect parent. And that kind of starts to drip probably into some of your business about this perfect post. And so I think for a lot of my clients, I really work with them to be like, just post Mm. as you are. People Mm. really connect with real people on Instagram and it's not supposed to be sugar-coated all the time. My best posts are always the ones where I'm like either inspiring to lift each other up to say, this is hard, or I'm talking about a challenging week or talking about, you know, how a launch didn't go as planned because, you know, things happen and people really connect when you actually show up as a human being. Um, And so for my moms, there's a lot of fears around sometimes like, oh, I don't know if I look, you know, I'm nice enough to be on Instagram or this way, but I'm like, no, stop (laughs) thinking that no one, no one thinks that except us. We're so hard on ourselves. 
And no one out there in your community is judging you the way you're judging yourself. So for for my moms, it's often the challenge of just being confident enough to get out there and really just sharing that that raw honesty of where you're at and kind of sharing that messy middle ground. Like it's that's the part that really connects with people. I mean, share your wins too, by all means. People want to celebrate alongside you, but share the struggle in the middle, share the challenges, share the fact that you haven't got it all figured out yet. Ask your community for help because that's the part that you can really kind of connect with on social media. And I think that is uh, such a powerful message because, you know, for my own podcast, I'm always excited to talk to, you know, a New York Times bestselling author, but I'm also equally excited to talk to the moms that have just, you know, decided that they want to pursue writing, you know, maybe three months ago, and they're just struggling with um, how to create the space and time in their life to do that. Uh, because I think that sometimes, you know, it's it's in those people that are, aren't so far down the path that are actually more inspirational because uh, we can see ourselves in them, right? And same thing for, for the moms sharing their messy lives on Instagram. You know, it's like, that's what I can see myself. Show me your open cupboards in your kitchen and like the mud all over the floor. And so I think that is really beautiful that the permission that you you give your clients and that we can, you know, share with listeners today is that it doesn't have to be perfect. It is about that connection and um, sharing that vulnerability. And along with that too, the only way you can get better at growing a community on social media or wherever maybe your writing platform is, is by doing it. So, so often we hold ourselves back and we don't want to post until things are ready or finished Mm. or perfect. But with social media, it really is, it's a long game and it is practice. Um, Even for me, I mean, I've worked in social media for 13 years now, uh, but creating my own brand from scratch has certainly been a different journey than working with well-established, you know, well-established brands. And when I look back at my first posts on my own Instagram channel from like two years ago now, I'm like, wow, that is so different than what I'm posting now. But if I didn't get started posting something and figuring out the branding and figuring out the message, I couldn't be where I am today. So just start, even though it's not going to be perfect. It's much easier Mm -hmm. to post when you have a small following and maybe you're going to get it wrong than to wait till every post is perfect. And then you just never build up that momentum. So my biggest message is always just hit publish on the post. And then you've got another opportunity the next day to try something else and another opportunity the next week to try something different, but you can only really get better like writing. How do you get better at writing? By writing, right? You don't get better at writing by sitting there, not typing anything or not picking up the pen. The way to become a better writer is to write more. And along the way, you learn some editing techniques and you take a course maybe, but at the end of the day, you can do all the studying you want to be a good writer, but if you don't write, it doesn't get better. So social media is much the same thing. By all means, take some training, watch some for YouTube videos, but you've got to actually Mm. put the post out there in the world and get the feedback. That's how you really learn. Mm-hmm. And what about connecting with people? Do you have any suggestions for that? Because I know, you know, part of it is putting those posts out. And then the other side is like you're reaching out to other people and engaging. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I always say people kind of forget that social media is meant to be social. And a lot of people <laughs> want to use it as a one-way advertising platform. And no surprise, typically it doesn't take off. Uh, my biggest tip, and you can do this right now if you're listening in, is Go to your followers on your phone and how many of those people have you actually connected with one-on-one through commenting on their content or even better, sending them a direct message. Uh, So I try my best to send every follower a customized welcome message. I haven't done it for every single follower, but I've probably done it for, you know, well over a thousand. uh, Wow. 
that's, I mean, at the end of the day, if someone's taking the time to follow me and be part of my community, that at least deserves a hello and a thank you. If I was Mm -hmm. meeting someone for the first time in real life, I certainly Mm -hmm. would introduce myself. I might ask them if they had any questions or how I could help them. And I think people often forget or they'll say things like, oh, but I only have 500 people following me. And I'll say, "That's, that's 500 connections. How many of those people have you actually taken a moment to connect with? And typically they'll say none. And I'm like, so you've got 500 people there in your community and you haven't reached out to any of them. So start there. And in fact, it's much easier to start small when you've got fewer followers and start by reaching out to your followers and welcome them. So typically I'll say like, hey, I would say like, hey, Jackie, like, thanks so much for following my page. Um, you know, I've got, I love sharing social media tips. If you have questions, reach out anytime. Is there anything I could help you with today? That's it. Something simple. I don't try and sell them anything. I'm just Mm. simply saying hello, thanking them for being in part of my space and trying to open up a dialogue to see if there's anything I could help them with or point them in the right direction on. That's it. But so many of those conversations have turned into referrals and clients and signups to my email list and just deeper connections with one-on-ones like being on podcasts and things like that. So you never really know where those messages could lead. But if you've got a hundred or a thousand people already in your community, tap into that community. That's an amazing number of people to start with. So absolutely. The engagement piece is often the overlooked piece on social media. And I really think Mm -hmm. if you spend a bit more time on engagement, you'll be really surprised with some of the connections that might come out. Yeah. And I think that is such a great, like easy attainable task to do is like, okay, we all have some people hopefully on our um, following list. If you're on Instagram, just take a few minutes each day to reach out to them and to remember that that's another person, another human on the other end. So you obviously spend a lot of time on all these different apps, but you found a way to take time for both this new creative project and going outside and uh, recharging yourself that way. Is that like a balance that you're always striving to achieve? Are there any challenges that you run into as like a, you're like an entrepreneur, you're a creative, your mom. Yeah. So many challenges. I mean, do I work too much? Probably yes. Um, so I mean, I can't say I have it all figured out yet either. I definitely work a lot. I think for me, I'm the type of person who likes working. Like for me, my kids are still young. So after my kids go to bed, my only other activity is to watch TV. And so I've kind of always been a big believer of like, I'd rather do something interesting or I'd rather work on my business than watch TV seven nights a week. Certainly a couple of nights a week, I'm sitting on the couch with the bag of potato chips. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. Uh, but I, so I kind of enjoy that working session for me in the evening. It's actually often for me, my most creative time is that evening oh. time. Because I feel like a lot during the day, if you become an entrepreneur and you think my time is my own time. And then you actually start and then you realize, no, I'm on client calls all day because that, that's my job. I'm, my job is mm. to be on client calls and I'm coaching. So in the evenings, it's kind of like my time to do my creative work, I often find, because I'm mm. not typically responding to emails. I'm not on calls with clients. And so I actually like those really quiet hours in the evening where I can kind of work on my own passion projects, things like the podcast, my own social media. So that's one way I kind of split it up. Mm. Um, but I can't say I have it all figured out yet. I mean, this mm. one of my newer changes this year for sure is I wake up early, earlier than the kids in the morning. And that's my, that's my time for me in the morning to work out in the morning. Um, and mm. that has made a huge difference. Like just carving out that little bit, like 30 minutes in the morning for me time. And I have my kids trained to the point now where if they wake up before they have like grow clocks in their room. So the sun comes up at seven when they're supposed to wake up. Do oh. they often get up before the sun? Yes. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, I found for me, it's been really helpful to carve out that time. And now my kids know if they wake up before the sun, it's mommy's time. And they're not allowed to turn the, like they, like the TV is my time. They're not allowed to bug me. They can come downstairs and play quietly, but like it's mommy's time until seven o'clock. So that has really helped wow. too, that I've got a little bit of my own time for me in the morning that I've carved out. Wow. That is such a, <laughs> I'm so impressed that you have trained your children to not come down till seven. I would also like to do that. It's been a pro it's been a work in progress for sure. <laughs> But yes, I think getting um, up in the morning is definitely a good a good hack. And in the writing mom community, it's the same. They're all we're always trying to find a bit of time. And there's either like the evening people or the morning people. And um, I mean, it sounds like you're you're both, which is very impressive. But I think that it's great to just to remind everyone like you can find more time. It doesn't have to be in the middle of the day, but it could be maybe late at night or in the morning. Try, try grow, grow. Is it grow clock? Is that what it's yeah, called? grow, grow clock. G R O clock. Um, okay. It's for if your children's young enough and they can't tell time yet. Basically, it changes from the moon and stars to uh, the sun at whatever time uh, you set. So my children are both five and under, so they kind of know, um, you know, before the sun is up, they're supposed to be in the room, and if they come downstairs, they just can't bug mommy. They can do their own thing. They can play quietly with a puzzle. Yeah, and what I'm hearing come out strong is the idea of setting boundaries and being very intentional with your time. Yeah. And I mean, I am not always the best as someone who works in social media. It is really hard to not get sucked into the app. So I'm still working on that one all the time yeah. because I have both have to be on social media sometimes for my job, but it's very hard to not get distracted. Um, if you do not have to be on social media for your jobs, you just like throw that photo, like just put it away, chuck it in the other room as far from you as possible. Um, I do use a tool called uh, Focus Mate, M-A-T-E. And it's actually like Zoom calls with somebody where you work for 50 minutes. And so I just actually had one right before this session. And so, I mean, logically, you should just be able to work focused by yourself. But if you're somebody who kind of needs that accountability, you basically log on, it's free. And it basically just pairs you up with somebody else in the entire world. And you say what you're going to work on, you work on it and you're on camera, like, like we are here on Zoom today, but not what? seeing each other's screens. And you just work it. I don't know this, this idea that somebody's watching me is like, oh, I better stay focused. She knows I better stay focused and not open up TikTok and, and just do my work the whole time. So little tricks like that have really helped as well. That is just mind blowing. Because as you said that I was reminded, you know, about how much of a time suck social media is for, for writers, especially again, I think anyone that has like a digital element to their their business, right? Where you, you know, you should spend some time on it, um, but you don't want to get sucked into the algorithm. You must just be like a master of your focus to not, to be able to like be in there, but not get pulled into the like picture of Jessica Simpson. <laughs> it's a work in progress. I'm definitely not an expert yet. It's a struggle. It's a struggle every day for sure. Yeah. But I think you're, I think you're underplaying. I think you're actually, you sound like you've got a good handle on things. Just, just being very intentional about what you're doing helps you with your work style because that, you know, 100% is something that writers need to be aware of in order to identify, like when they come to a block, you know, is it a distraction block? Is it a, is it, am, am I bored? Do I need a time pressure? Uh, all of those things are like part of the writing practice and understanding how to move your project forward. Right. So those are some great tips that you just shared. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So do you have any, um, any final tips that you, again, you know, speaking to the audience here is, you know, creatives very much like your, your clients. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the first one is really give yourself kind of the grace and space to do it. No one builds a brand overnight. And I know there often can be a lot of posts about that on Instagram. And I have a great post about how it's not true. And so don't get sucked <laughs> into that. No one's no one who's actually not a marketing expert with a team of people behind them is building up an account overnight. So give yourself the grace and space to do that. So that's the first thing is just kind of honoring that like, this is going to take time and that's totally okay. Um, the second thing is really you know, find a bit of consistency. Consistency, you're really playing the long game on social media. So don't get discouraged in the short run. Know that it's going to take some time and that's okay. Commit to doing it anyways. Um, If you commit to continuing to show up, whether that's twice a week, three times a week, whatever feels right for you and just sharing your journey along the way, it is going to pay off in the long run, but don't get discouraged at the halfway mark. You know, kind of like writing. If you don't finish the book, the book doesn't get published, right? You've got to push through some of those, you know, the low points when you get frustrated. Um, you know, and then take some time, take those breaks, set those boundaries. It is okay to be offline. Um, and of course, finally, if you already have a bit of a presence on a social media channel, spend some time actually talking to your audience, find out what they would love to learn more, or maybe what they're struggling with. Um, and don't be afraid to connect with other writers. I, for me, I often connect, some of my best connections are other social media people. So I don't view them as competitions. I view them as resources I can learn from and engage with and grow my community by. Uh, So don't be intimidated or put off by other people in the writing space. Often those can be your kind of best sounding board for ideas and building your community as well. Wow. I love that you just like summed all that up so beautifully. (laughs) Normally I do a summary at the end of the show, but I... I don't, I kind of feel like you just did it there. Perfect. Great. One less, one less thing for you to do today. <laughs> yeah. Look at you. You're just like streamlining things left, right and center. Jen. Uh, well, thank you so much. And where can people catch up with you? Yes. Thanks, Jackie, for having me. Uh, if you're looking for social media tips, you can find me on Instagram at Mountaintop Consulting. That's where uh, we can connect and learn all about social media. And of course, if you are a mom listening to this podcast and you've got kids who you want to get outside, uh, then you can find us on Instagram at Get Outside With Kids. And you can find us on podcasts, uh, you know, Spotify, Podbean, wherever you listen to them at Get Outside With Kids. Get Outside With Kids as well. I hope that episode took a little bit of the pressure off your shoulders if you are in the same boat as I am struggling with finding the social media energy right now. And I just wanted to add before I go into the takeaways that Jen's Instagram handle has changed since we recorded this episode. It is now social with Jen. And while we're providing updates, I should also give a shout out to her new program called Plan That Social Club, which is a monthly membership program where you can learn all about social media from the lovely Jen and her co-host, Brittany. If you're interested in that, I'll post a link to where you can get on the waiting list in the show notes. Okay, so here are the top takeaways. Number one, take breaks. If you're feeling burnt out from social media, remember it's okay to take a week off, maybe not a month like me, but a week off. Number two, another way to get the energy you might be lacking is to have a person to bounce ideas off of. Number three, setting boundaries is also important. You have permission from Jen herself not to be on social media 24 hours. Number four, 
don't feel that your posts need to be perfect, just share your raw honesty, your messy middle ground, that is what connects with people. Number five on that note, no one is judging your appearance. The way you look just now is fine. Number six, it's all about the long game. You don't need to have perfectly polished posts from the beginning, just hit publish. Number six, I think we're at number six, uh, send every follower a customized welcome message to show them that you see them and that you are valuing them. And number eight, it's all about the long game, consistency, commitment, and continuing to show up. Thanks so much for listening. If you could take a moment to post a review or writing on podcast or Spotify, I would be ever so grateful. I will talk to you next week. In the meantime, happy writing.